Welcome to Passports and Postcards, where we discuss everything travel, from cultural inspirations to exciting destinations and everything in between. With your host, Randall McKeown. Hello and welcome to Passports and Postcards. Uh, I'm Randall McEwen and on today's show I have a good friend, Theodore Mahal. And I'd like to welcome you to the show, Theodore. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. Happy to be on the show. Now, we we met through a travel company called Center Holidays. How long have you been with Center Holidays? Um, I just hit my seven-year anniversary. And looking forward to more years. Oh, yes, definitely. Looking forward to it for the foreseeable future. Now, you said something about, um, I do believe you said you're rebranding. Yes, yeah, so basically... Um, my old company name was called Inspiring World Voyages, which is powered by Center Holidays. And so I realized that my name wasn't that appealing and my advertising was pretty low to reach the market that I'm looking for. So I rebranded completely. So my new business name is now Unravel World Travel, which pretty much shows world travels that I book you and unravel as in relieve your stress not only while you're on the trip but let me take care of everything so in other words stress-free travel and i'm starting to grow my presence on social media as well as trying to get the message out there that i have 20 years of experience traveling the world and by doing that i am trying to reach the clientele that use the travel agents for their expertise as well as the type of business that the client would enjoy doing business with them because of a good relationship. Can you give me a little bit more information about what you're doing there? That's been my rebranding process and I'm even making my logo more attractive. So I'm pretty much rebranding everything. So do you specialize in one specific area or do you, uh, anybody who calls, you can basically handle their the, the request for travel. Yes, I can handle any any request for travel. I've traveled to several continents, and I can book travel just anywhere in the world. That's good to hear. Now, the reason why I invited you to the show is the the object of the show is to get people to continue to dream about travel, and that once we have. Uh, the vaccine available to everybody. I'm sure everybody will be traveling. Now, I'm wondering if you could either talk about a story of about travel, how you got into travel, where you've been traveling, whatever you feel comfortable about talking about. And we'll just talk like we are two people having a conversation. And um, it's up to you what you want to talk about. Okay, so yeah, I can start with how I got into travel which was back in 2000, when I was 11 years old, my parents planned our first trip to Europe. I'm originally from Romania, so we went back to Romania and made two stops along the way. One was Paris, one was Barcelona. And while there, I realized that, hey, it's really nice to experience different cities, totally different culture and everything. And the number one thing that caught me in a funny way was the plane ride. And I asked, when can we go on an airplane again? But while at the destination, I realized that it's also nice at the destination. It's not just the plane. And ever since then, we did, until I reached pretty much my university years, we did a trip every year. And 
the more trips I took, the more I enjoyed it. So that's pretty much how the travel bug got in me. I started my first travel agent job in 2009, working for a storefront travel agency for four years, and then I joined Center Holidays to have my own business. What was your first trip as an adult on your own? Um, on my own. You mean traveling by myself or without my parents? Without your parents. Well, without my parents was when I was in grade 11 and I went with a friend to Montreal. Then after that, I went with my friend to Europe, which was a longer trip. So, yeah, that's when I was, um, I wasn't traveling with my parents. But then I still did maybe one trip every two years with my parents. All that until, if I think about it, 2012. And when 2012 hit, I chose to take the plunge to just go solo on a Kentucky tour. I saw their brochure how it says meet like-minded people and all that. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know. What if I, uh, the people I meet don't, um, don't want to talk or they're, they're just their own wolf pack of friends? But I said, you know what? Let me give it a try and see how it goes. And up to 2012, it was the best trip ever where I made instant friends. And at that point, I said, that's it. I found my travel style. Sorry, mom and dad, no more traveling with you. <laughs> so on that Kentucky trip, where did you guys go? It was just around Spain. So pretty much like round trip Madrid, covering a ton of places on the mainland, um, including Ibiza. Is there one particular memory you that sticks in your head from that trip? Well, there are a ton. To start, I didn't do anything crazy. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. But if anything, well, considering my age, it was more like, a, and considering the target market Kentucky has, it was more like a dirty game that we played on the bus while during a four-hour drive <laughs> somewhere in the south of Spain. So, and that's when I realized, hey, Kentucky is really geared to this market. This is how, when they say travel solo, you meet like-minded travelers and like that. This is what they refer, travel in, in that particular market. Don't just go by yourself a week in Paris staying at a hotel, because what kind of friends are you going to make at a hotel? Definitely. Yeah. I, I can remember my first solo trip. I had uh, was saving up for a car. This was back in 1993. Saving up for a car. I was do, trying to do my driving test. And I failed twice, very discouraged. And I had this money and I said, well, I'm not going to be driving anywhere. So what should I do with the money? So it was winter and I thought, well, maybe I should go to Florida. I've never been into the States at all. So I thought, well, there was a company back then, I think it was called Last Minute Club. And I contacted them and I said, look, I want to buy airline ticket. Just want to go to, say, Tampa, Florida or St. Pete's. They said, okay, no problem. So they sold me the airplane ticket. That was fine. But I didn't book a hotel. So I flew down there, got out of the airport. And I said, I grabbed a taxi. He says, where do you want to go? I said, well, I've heard a place called Treasure Island. Can you just take me there and we'll see if we can find a hotel? He says, you don't have a hotel booked? I said, no, just we'll find one. <laughs> and this was uh, a week before Christmas. So we get down there, and the first hotel I find is a nice Ramada. And I said, okay, well, let me just check to see if they have rooms available. Well, they had rooms available, and they were pretty inexpensive, but they said they would go up on Christmas yeah, Christmas Eve day. That was been, I think, a Saturday. And I was leaving that day anyway, so it really didn't bother me. But uh, just to make a long story short, when I did get there, I had no car. I didn't know the area. 
So I did a lot of walking. I think it was the second day in, I met a couple. They had a child. They were from England. They've been in the States for a while traveling. The wife loves to shop. And they said, well, if you want to hang out with us, we have a car. We have a rental car. And you can come with us and we'll, we'll take you around. But almost every time I went out with them, it was just to go shopping. The woman wanted to buy stuff. And, and we were just like the guys to hold the stuff for her. But when they got back to the hotel after dinner, that's when the husband came alive. He was a bit of a party animal, drank a little bit, not to be obnoxious, but just to have fun. And we really had a good time together. So like you said, sometimes you have to just talk to people, or in that case, you travel with Kentucky, you met like-minded individuals, you weren't stuck in a specific spot, you're traveling around, having a great time. So other than that, what would you say is your, probably your most favorite trip that you've ever taken? Well, that's a good question because in total I visited 43 countries. Most memorable trip that I have to choose. Wow. Definitely one of the Contiki tours, which was fun. If I'd say 2016 Contiki tour to Japan, which made me, not only it was Contiki and an environment where you make friends, but it introduced me to a whole new world. I had never set foot in Asia before that except for Dubai. And it opened my eyes and made me want to discover the rest of Asia. And after that, like the next three years after that, instead of taking, say, two trips to Europe per year, as I was used to, I said to myself, save up and let's do Asia. And after that, I started going around Asia. I did Thailand, Laos, Philippines, Indonesia. So that tour was a life changer. Wow. When you travel, you do research before you travel, have an idea of the food, the terrain, what you might need documentation-wise, insurance-wise. Do you do that a lot before you travel? Well, it depends. So usually, if for most places I know, um, regarding documentation and all that, uh, regarding attractions, uh, yes, I'm going to search and see what I have to see. Um, my last trip was to Europe, and I wanted to visit hidden places, so I really did a lot of extensive research. And other than that, I watched Rick Steves, if we're talking Europe, and I got my ideas, then I made my plan. I just wanted to see, can I get there by train? How do I get there? And what's there to see? Is it worth going to that city? And how long is it recommended to stay, considering how much there is to see? So, yes, I will research that. And other times, I will already have a list. For example, if it's Contiki, they already list what's... um, what they're doing and then if they have their optionals i want to search them do i want to see that place and so on now sometimes some trips that i take are trips where i don't pre-book everything for example my last trip solo trip was to europe just now during the pandemic actually and i said let me cover the west like france netherlands there are so many places there i haven't seen except the big cities like paris and amsterdam for example Mm-hmm. That's all I've seen. Yep. And so I made my plan. I booked my flight going to Amsterdam, returning from Marseille. That was my first step. Then I said, well, now my project is how to get to Marseille within two and a half weeks while being as productive as possible and seeing as many places as possible. And it was some of them I pre-booked before. Others, it was just 
play it by the ear. So, for example, I would decide, well, I have this many more days. I heard this place in France is good. Let me stop there on my way to Marseille. I see I'm, I'm at my hotel. I'm looking. What am I going to visit? And then, okay. And then I look. Or I could be on the train using Wi-Fi. Oh, I don't have anywhere to stay. Let me find one. And so sometimes I tend to play it by the ear, depending on the type of trip it is. Well, I think that's a... I was going to say, I think it's a good thing because sometimes if you pre-book every hotel you're staying at, that means you're limited to how much time you could spend in a certain spot. Whereas if you, like you said, if you're on a train and you say, okay, well, I think I might be here this time or that date, then you you can do it then. You don't have to pre-do it before you leave your home country. Yes, and um, I have an example actually on this recent Euro trip. Um, so... Uh, my first stop was a small town in the Netherlands, and the next day I went to Rotterdam, which is a bit more famous. Um, then I realized I booked one night in Rotterdam, and the next day I didn't know what to do. Um, about half an hour from Rotterdam, there's a town called The Hague, which is pretty much a hidden site. Yes. But once you really get into hidden sites, it's actually really a, a nice place to visit, and people talk about it. And this is when they say, it's not about big places. Like many people look at the Netherlands. What's there to do? Amsterdam, the capital of, you know what? <laughs> well, no, there's much more than that that is undiscovered. So here's what happened. I was in Rotterdam. There's so much to see in Rotterdam. I needed, I'd say, a day and three quarters of a day to finish it. I had one night booked. I said, oh, no. And the next day I booked a hotel in The Hague. So I had all, all those pre-booked. Oh, wait, how am I going to do two days in uh, Rotterdam? Because I really need tomorrow. There's so much more that I want to see. Actually, well, I don't have a time limit how late I can go, and it, The Hague is only half an hour away. So I'll get to The Hague for like 8 p.m. That gives me the full day there. Leave my luggage at the hotel throughout the day uh, after you check out, since you've got to check out by 12. And I'll just extend my stay at the hotel in The Hague for another day. So see what I mean? Like, yes. when you don't know what you're going to visit, you're not limited. Yeah. My limit at that point was, I have a hotel booked the next two nights. How can I make it happen to see everything I want? Oh, it's okay. Just go to that place later and then extend my stay. I would say, like for me, I think one of the reasons why I got into travel was prior to joining Center Holidays, which I did back in, I think, 2013, I had really not traveled as a young person. It wasn't until I got into, well, it wasn't until I got married. I guess that would be back in 1998. And one of the first areas I started traveling was through the States. But we have family in England and extended family in Ireland. So we decided to plan a trip there. So I said, okay, well, I've never been. So I did I did all the planning. I think that was sort of my education to become a travel agent was to plan it everything, where we're staying, where we're going. We knew we we're going to be in England for a certain period of time. Then we're going to have a few days left over before we went to Ireland. So why not take the, the Eurostar over to uh, Paris and spend a weekend in Paris, which I booked. And then when we got back to England, we had to fly to Ireland for two weeks in Ireland. So I booked everything in England and Paris, but we were staying with family in Ireland. So I really didn't have to book anything there, but it worked out so smoothly. I sort of got my confidence up and saying, one day I could do this. And since then, we have been traveling. Um, we've been back to England several times, and that's because of family. It was truly with 
becoming a travel agent, travel advisor, whatever, travel counselor. We've been called a lot of things. I'd rather use either advisor or counselor. We're not a ticket agent, really. We're, we do the research for our clients, and we get them into destination. So uh, it's because of being in the travel industry, I've been able to travel to many more countries. What have you found maybe the hardest thing in the business? Is there one certain event or why well, I know COVID is basically the event of anybody's lifetime, but is there one event that maybe sort of made you take a second guess about what you were doing? Um, I wouldn't say so because I know I love to travel and I've enjoyed being a travel agent ever since I got the job. The worst part for me is uh, clients who just ask you for a quote and ask if you can match an online price. <laughs> I've, so, I've been there, yep. But that didn't make me rethink. I mean, sometimes it would get me upset, but no one has a perfect day. And it's a funny story. When at the storefront travel agency, I'd be making $10, $15 a ticket, and then just because I'm discounting and all that. Mm-hmm. And then when I joined Center Holidays, I said to myself, okay, new beginning. Let me ask how to get out of that, because my ultimate goal is to do what a travel advisor does, have clients who... Um, who trust them for their expertise, which is why I rebranded um, now, as I said earlier. So I asked for training, and I was taught on how to eliminate those clients because I really would hate to say, no, I'm sorry, I don't have that price. If you want me to book it, that's the price. Yep. And so I learned how to say that, and ever since I joined Center Holidays, if, if ever someone sent me a quote from online, I would not compare myself, and I would say that sentence. If you want me to book it, that's the price. Some of them stayed, which clearly meant it was just a good negotiation strategy mm-hmm. and, or that, while others left. Those that left, it's not a problem. It's not my clientele. If I keep catering to those, I will cater to the low-cost market, and that's not where, where I want to get it's... because word of mouth spreads out. Oh, go to Theodore. He gave me a discount last time. <laughs> yes. So instead, I grew my presence as the advisor that has experience and all that, and or the, the advisor that if they don't come for the experience, just clients who want to support me as long as the pricing is similar. And ever since I started Center Holidays, that's the market I've been in. Now, the reason I rebranded was to attract the clientele who would do business with an advisor if he can sell himself for the expertise. That's the new, new beginning that I'm starting. In regards to the hardest thing, yes, obviously COVID was the hardest thing, but in the same time, it didn't make me rethink this. Like, I know that the travel industry will bounce back. There's no such thing as travel is over forever. No more airplanes in the sky. So, like, yeah, I just stayed motivated, survived with the CERB, which I still am surviving off of. And I'm confident about the future with this new rebranding that I've done. Well, that's good to hear. I know what I'd like to remind our listeners is, that travel agents, and I say this, they must charge fees for their service. There are people in the industry out there that will book without charging a fee, but again, that'd be like a doctor saying, yeah, I'll, or a dentist saying, I'll fix your teeth, but I'm not going to charge you anything for it. People are in this as a business. It's in it they're how they earn their income. So when they are charging fees, it's for the servers, the knowledge that they provide. It's the hard work they do. And we know 
with COVID and some people being stranded, trying to get those people back. Also, for clients talking to their travel advisors about trying to get money back from bookings that have had been canceled because of travel restrictions. So just to the audience out there that if you are dealing with a travel advisor, travel counselor, they're going to charge a fee. It's for their service. You charge a lawyer would charge you a fee, doctor would charge a fee, and a dentist would charge you a fee. So again, go back to when a client say, "Can you match a price online?" Well, price online, there's nobody at the end of that. Usually, there's no contact person. So if they book it and there's a problem there, they have nobody to contact. Whereas if you book it with, say, someone like my friend here, Theodore, who is a trial advisor, he will work with you, find you the perfect trip. And if there's anything that happens in destination, he will help you resolve whatever issues are there to the best of his ability. Have you, uh, have you experienced anything like that, Theodore, where someone's had to call you from destination? Oh, yes. I could talk for an hour about this. But ever since COVID hit, first of all, I had a group of study abroad students who were from high school, and I was dealing with their um, rep here in Canada. They were in France and supposed to return in April. I got all of them back to Canada with them paying just a fair difference. Of course, like if they hadn't booked through a travel agent, who would help them? Just book a new one way. Yeah. Second, uh, and it was hours of work for me. Yes. One time I stayed on hold eight hours because of the flooding lines that flooded faster than a hurricane. Yep. And, but, and they couldn't thank me enough. Other times, clients are at destination. I have, I've had clients um, who are currently, let's say, in Romania, visiting family, and they want to extend their stay. All they got to do is message me on WhatsApp and say, how much will it cost to extend their stay another week? And then another client with everything that's happening um, right now and how many flight cancellations there are. First, her return flight, one of them out of three gets canceled. So I had to rebook her. Then she said she was gonna change the date anyways. And I said, okay, so let me know once you know when you wanna come back because this is your opportunity for a free change because your flight canceled. And so she gave it another week and thought and told me she wants to change it to whichever day it was. I made the change. I really didn't like it because if it's a free change as a result of cancellation, I can't charge a fee, but yep. it's okay for this time. And because she already booked through me anyway. Then came a time when she said to me, I feel like I have COVID symptoms. I will need to delay my return. I thought, uh-oh. She went and got tested. She was positive. I said, so then the question is, when you change a plane ticket, let's say you didn't book through a travel agent. You could book anyway. When you change it, how does she know that in two weeks she will be fine? Or maybe she'll be recovered, but still have a fever in which she can't, can't fly. She cannot commit to a certain date. Nope. Therefore, what did I do with my expertise? At first I said, uh, maybe let's think three weeks. But then I realized, oh no, hold on. Um, uh, we can actually cancel for future travel credit. And that way just, just as the airlines have done. So I told her that, and I said, okay, I'll just cancel the flight. That's all we got to do. So you're a no-show. Uh, so, sorry, so you're not a no-show. And then just uh, message me through WhatsApp when, when you feel better and you know that you'll be able to fly on that day. And ask the doctors if you need any sort of documentation. So 
that was it. I just canceled the return. And then she messaged me in about two weeks saying, I'm able to return any time after that day. At that point, it wasn't a voluntary change. No more flights got canceled. So she did have to pay the fare difference. <laughs> and all these messages when she's asking me how to change the date and everything were through WhatsApp. So tell me now, how would she have done all this through the airline? It, she probably couldn't do it. Really couldn't do it. And that's why I, I tell my, my listeners and anybody I talk to is the value of a travel advisor is you're paying for them to be there for you. And while you're, you're in destination, it takes, especially if you're sick or something like that, that lady there, it takes that stress off you. It's added stress to the advisor, but it's something that they're willing to do to help their client. And when they do a great job like that, they get the client to become a continued repeat customer. Yes, and if you think about it, um, let's just look at a different scene now where there's no COVID or nothing like that. Let's say I'm, I'm currently in Europe, I'm enjoying playing it by the ear like that, and I want to stay another week. I booked through Expedia, for example. How long is the whole time for Expedia? And when changing my flight as a result of that, how much time will that take on the phone and how much long distance minutes will that take yes. for me to call using my Canadian cell phone from Europe? Yes. If you book through a travel agent who offers that personalized service like me, where just message me on WhatsApp, just not text message because it's long distance, or if you want to call me, if you're more comfortable with that, call me through WhatsApp. <laughs> if you go through a travel agent who has that personalized service, you don't need to waste all that time. So if let's say I was the client now and I'm not a travel agent, all I know is I want to stay another week. Today I'll be taking a train from Zurich to Paris. Well, it's morning and I'm going to the train station. With the time difference, it's, it's nighttime. So I know my travel agent won't answer right away. All I do is text. Hey, uh, can you help me change the date? I want to come on back on that day, just uh, whenever you get a moment. I can board my train to Paris. Hopefully by the time I get there or by the evening, I will get an answer with the time difference and say, okay, book it. And talking like that through WhatsApp, it, it's that simple. So in other words, I'm doing my sightseeing, I'm carrying on with my plan and able to change my flight with only a few text messages rather than call, wait on hold. And if they say, let me call you back, now I have to keep an eye on my phone. Yes. Hassle free. Just send a few messages and done. The change is done. I have an interesting story like that. I had a couple that were down in, I booked them to go to Mexico. And they were at the Hard Rock in, um, in the middle of the night, I guess they got a message about their flight change. The flight change, uh, they were supposed to leave at 10 a.m. I think it was a Wednesday morning. And the text they got or message they got on their phone was the flight was going to leave at 2 p.m. on the Thursday. So half asleep, they said, oh, that's fine because they thought it was 2 p.m on a Wednesday, knowing that they had a flight leaving from Toronto on Thursday to fly to Vegas, which I did not know about previous to them booking with me. So on a Wednesday, I get a frantic call saying, look, um, this is what happened with our flight. So I contacted the airline. The airline said, look, if they're still at the resort, tell them to stay there. We will, we will see what we can do to get them rebooked so they can get back. We were back and forth about almost three hours. Finally, what they were able to do was get them on a flight on the Wednesday, but fly to Calgary. They stayed overnight in Calgary at a hotel. 
and flew directly to Vegas the next day. The only problem there is they were flying with all their beachwear from Mexico and they needed regular day wear. But they were fortunate enough they had people that were meeting them there that had access to their apartment back in Ottawa. So that worked out for them except on the way back. Because on the way back, now they get all this extra luggage. Then I followed up with the airline and we were able to get them a travel credit for the extra fees they were charged to come back. Because even though they were trying to fix it at this end, at the other end, the airline were going to charge them anyways. But I got them a nice fair credit. But for them to do that, that would have been exhausting on their part, trying to deal while on vacation. So sometimes things like that do arise, and it's nice, like you said, to have that valued, experienced travel advisor on the other end of the phone. And like you said, using using your suggestion there of WhatsApp, because again, you're not paying charges for the, the contact. Exactly. And... See, that would have been a hassle for them. And that story that you described is more than a hassle. One thing is, one day of my vacation ended up a hassle. Another thing is, it wasn't a hassle, but it's like, oh, how many long distance minutes am I going to pay? Oh, this is Mm nerve-wracking. And then there's a third aspect of actually ruining their vacation. They had a good week down south, relaxing, and to come back, the stress just killed it, and now... They remember the beach, they remember all that, but they're not relieved. They just need another vacation soon. What if that could have been made easy by you telling them, stay at the resort, enjoy your day, I'll reach out to you. Mm-hmm. I think it would take me about X amount of time, so I will definitely reach out to you. Until then, enjoy your day. And they know that they can trust you to, to help them. That just makes the difference between a ruined vacation and a very good unraveling vacation. Now, you've talked about traveling to all these countries. Have you done cruising? Uh, Yes, I have done, if I count it, uh, five ocean liners and a river cruise. What was your experience of the river cruise? It was very different. For, For my age, since I'm the millennial generation, it was like, oh, what's with everyone there? Because river cruises cater mostly to an older market. Yes. Now... The river cruise was a fam, which for those who don't know, it's called a familiarization trip, which means something for travel agents to experience the product so they can better sell it. And that was my first time doing a river cruise. I knew what to expect regarding small ship and not much stuff to do and excursions included, along with the food and all that, that I expected. Meeting people, I was mostly talking to the older generation, which I don't mind. I have a really open mind when I travel. And this is something that travel does do to you they open up your mind to seeing the world and accepting the differences around you and all that so it was quite an experience but i that's when i that's when i learned from the experience who river cruises cater to so in the end i just talked to those people while there most of them were friendly most of them were from the u.s and i did my excursions it was a magical experience to see like several hidden spots because for example it was on the danube and other than vienna it made another four stops in lesser-known parts of Austria. Hmm. And that's what opened my eyes to want to discover small cities and not just the big places. So in the end, it was an amazing experience. And going through the locks during the sunset, it was really worth it. I would recommend it to everyone. And especially with all excursions being included, the best way to look at it is not 
that's so expensive, $4,000 a person without the flight? Well, don't look at it that way. How much would you spend on a trip to Europe? Add up your accommodation costs. Then transportation. If, if you take a train, trains are more expensive than buses. Buses, do you really want to take a bus from Paris to Barcelona? <laughs> uh, or add the cost of the flight. Then excursions, when you pay to enter the attraction. Then come the sightseeing tours. You name everything that comes. In the end, when my parents were taking me um, traveling, we could easily spend like $12,000 for a family of three on a three-week trip to Europe. So do the math, one payment, everything included, and depending how many people you are, that, that might even end up cheaper, considering all excursions are included. Yes. So in the end, river cruises are worth every penny. Before we go, getting closely in the show, you've done a lot of trips. Now, people you've met, met in destination, have you sort of made friends that you keep in touch with over the years? Yeah, in the end, it comes down to very few people who I've kept in touch with. Sometimes I've kept in touch a bit after the trip and then it fades, but some of them I've kept in touch with for for a while now. For example, I, I had friends who, uh, who I met on a trip, and then next time I was on a trip and they happened to be there, I met up with them again. Some of them end up being, I'd say, friends for life, although they're long distance. It's not like you see them every day and get super close, but... Yes, that is another way to have friends around the world. And when you travel, you have people to meet up. I found that uh, my destinations, traveling, that you get to find out that we're really not that different. It doesn't matter where in the world you are. People are generally, you know, hardworking, looking to support their family, just trying to enjoy life. And along the way, if you can make friends with someone and continue that relationship, that is a bonus. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah, by having, like, I say, after traveling, there are people to meet everywhere, and you can always make new friends. It's all up to you if you want to go for the challenge like that and just step out of your comfort zone, not thinking, oh, well, what if no one likes me? Hmm. You just be yourself. If no one likes you, you don't need those kinds of friends. So just step out of your comfort zone and take the plunge on just traveling solo and see where life takes you. And that's what I did when I did Contiki, and it was a hundred times better than I expected. Good to know. Maybe one day I'll take a Contiki. Maybe not. Maybe I will. I don't know. I'm getting a little too old for a trip like that, maybe. I'd say a river cruise would be good for you because that's the ideal market. I think so, too. Um, you know, I'm reaching that age where a river cruise, and the thing that I've studied about river cruises that I like is the fact that they stay longer in cities. They have more greater access because of being a river port rather than a seaport. Usually the cities they visit are less packed with tourists because all the major cruise ships hit all the the cruise ports and you could be inundated with people from all the different cruise ships. So it's just something I could look at in the future. Right now I'm not traveling until we all get vaccinated. Now for... People that maybe want to get a hold of you, um, do you have a website they can get a hold of or check out or an email they can check out? Yes. Um, do I tell you now or should I just send it to you and you can include it? You can send it to me and what I'll do is I'll include it in the show notes so they can get a hold of you, uh, your website and maybe email and uh, a phone number if they want to book travel. And again, just to the listeners, 
Tidor is trained professional. He's been around 43 countries. He's been in the industry for a long time. And I would trust him to book your travel. Give him a call. I'll put the information in the show notes. And I want to thank Tidor for taking the time today to talk to me. We have been friends for many years and many events we go to, we run into each other, even though I moved around to different travel agencies. But at the end of it, we still remain friends and I support the travel industry, even though I'm not a travel agent. But the industry is amazing. I think people are born to travel and people like Theodore, my friend, can help you get around the world. So Theodore, thanks for calling in today. It was truly a pleasure, and I hope to be featured on future podcasts, as well as help anyone who may need help with their uh, trips for absolutely anything in the world, whether it be an all-inclusive vacation, a cruise, ocean liner, or river cruise, or a tour like Trafalgar, which does several countries, or a trip to Asia, your destination wedding, your honeymoon in Maldives. I hope to help anyone with their travel plans and make everyone's travel dreams come true. Thank you, and I will definitely have you back on the show.